Well, it wasn't too long ago where Eagles fans, including yours truly, the consensus was we all wanted Howie out of Philadelphia. Probably just around a decade ago. But boy, have things changed since. With a Super Bowl championship in 2017, and then just falling short last year in a game that the Eagles could have very easily won their second Lombardi, to this past weekend, where once again, the league is envious of the job that Howie has done, as the Eagles, again, had the best draft out of any team in the NFL. We're going to recap the draft next on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And yes, the Eagles, what a weekend by Howie, who just seems to be like putting other GMs to school at this point. To the point where you're hearing rumblings around the league that they are ticked off at Howie for getting so much attention. Uh, it's it's kind of funny. Um, you know, but uh, we're going to dive deep into what the Eagles did over the weekend. Uh, this team, after losing quite a bit in free agency, as we knew was going to happen, as Howie warned the Eagle fans. I don't know if warning is the right word, but basically informed the Eagle fans, I should say, prior to free agency, that you were going to lose some pieces. Uh, we knew he had to pay Hertz, and Hertz got his deal. And you can't keep everybody. So the Eagles and, and any successful team needs to be smart in how they manage, and they have to hit on their draft picks. Now, the verdict's still out on whether all these guys that Howie's brought in, if they're going to be, you know, the the – you know, reach their, I guess, potential. That all remains to be seen. But boy, does it look good on paper. And you got to start on paper, and then you got to execute. And these players have to uh, obviously show up on the field. Um, not all of them are going to hit. You know, nobody's perfect. But what you want to do is acquire the talent and put yourself in a situation where the chances of hitting on players uh, is better than not, and I think that the Eagles uh, have done so. Before I get into the draft and we recap and we talk more about Howie, remember we have a email address to communicate with the show and you, you, myself, the host. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, as I mentioned last podcast, the email address that I've been giving out um, has been inaccurate in the past, so I apologize for those who may have not listened to the last podcast. But uh, let us know your thoughts on the draft, on your outlook. Let us know. Be glad to um, you know, answer any questions you may have, even on the air. 
That email address is P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. Once again, P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Say hello. And uh, also, while you're listening to the podcast, if you could take just one moment and follow, like, subscribe, uh, we'd really appreciate it. It helps out the show greatly. So uh, thank you for tuning in as always. All right. Well, listen, let's let's kind of dissect and discuss what exactly the Eagles did and how how he was able to to do uh, what he did. And it's. It's definitely, I'm not trying to tell you Eagle fans not to be excited. There's good reason to be excited. I am elated by this draft and how it went. Um, And I would think that from the feedback that I've seen and heard, um, most, if not all, Eagle fans are happy with the draft. There are still the echoes of the Bajan Robinson crowd out there that's disappointed the Eagles didn't take him. But uh, fortunately... I think just for the topic of conversation wise and just to get by, just to get past it easier to get past it. I should say for that contingency of the fan base, uh, Bajan was not even there for the Eagles to pick a 10 because the Falcons made a dumb pick at eight and drafted a running back. I mean, it's dumb to draft a running back anyway in the first round, um, at least in the upper half of the first round. And it's even more dumb when you're the Atlanta Falcons and have got way more needs than running back. So that team will continue to suffer from stupid decisions like that. Um, but Howie basically confirmed in his press conference that the Eagles had zero interest in Bijan Robinson. Um, and I knew that all along. But now that he's essentially said it and confirmed it, um, you know, it just obviously confirms what I've been saying all along, that it just was never in in the works um, for the Eagles to take Bajon Robinson. So this is the last you're going to hear, unless it's brought up on a show for whatever reason, about Bajon Robinson. So any of you Eagle fans that are still upset that didn't take him, I would hope that at this point you are extremely happy with what they've gotten uh, instead even if you were uh, hoping that he was going to be an Eagle. Um, I think this draft, uh, even if you were on that Bajan Robinson bandwagon, should uh, hopefully help you get past that. And this is, again, just for the record, has nothing to do with Bajan Robinson. It's nothing to do with my, um, with my take on how talented the kid is. I think he is a great talent, and I think he's going to have a very good career in the NFL. Uh, it's just, you know, from a value perspective, it's a dumb pick to take a running back early. And Detroit actually took a running back early, too, too early in the draft. Now, Detroit is a much better team than Atlanta, um, but it's still a dumb pick. They had DeAndre Swift there. Well, we're going to talk about him, obviously, <laughs> because uh, the fact that Detroit did make a stupid pick and, and draft in Riggs at the 12th spot, surprising many people. It made DeAndre Swift available. So that actually even worked out in the Eagles' favor in this draft. A lot of things did work out in the Eagles' favor. Guys falling, that shouldn't have fallen. That certainly happened in the first couple of rounds. And the Eagles took big-time advantage of it. And again, kudos to Howie for 
for delivering because he delivered one heck of a draft for Eagles Nation. So I know in the last podcast I did talk about the first round, so I'm not going to dive too too much into you know Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, but the fact that they you know were able to get Carter by just trading up and just guaranteeing to get him leapfrogging any team that might potentially be working with the bears also to move up and grab him. how he just wanted to make sure that they got him, gave up a fourth round pick uh, next year uh, just to move up that one slot, make that trade with the bears. The bears, by the way, got their offensive tackle that they've targeted all along. They got a great player there. I think that guy's going to be a good, good offensive tackle that they picked up. Uh, but the Eagles were able to secure Jalen Carter. And now we just hope, you know, we hope that this kid keeps his head on straight. Um, I do have my concerns. I'll put that right out there right now after um, kind of getting to know him a little bit. I don't watch much college football. Um, I got him. I got to know him a little bit more on two fronts. One, his playing ability, which is off the charts. I compare him, and I believe I mentioned this on the last podcast. If not, then I'm going to say it now. But the guy, when I watch in terms of comparing Jalen Carter um, is Jerome Brown. I, I, I'm an Eagles fan. We're all Eagles fans. Most of us anyway, tuning in here. Um, but maybe some of us, some of you are, we're not old enough to have seen Jerome Brown play. Probably only heard about Jerome Brown, uh, and that defense back in the, uh, early nineties. But when I watch the tape of Jalen Carter, that is who he reminds me of. Now, he did that at the college level, yet to be seen if he could carry that over to the pros like Jerome was able to do. Jerome was obviously dominant in college and then dominant in the NFL. Um, was probably on his way to a Hall of Fame career when his life was tragically cut short, ironically, by driving too fast and um, getting in a tragic car accident. That's just totally ironic as to why I compare him to Jerome Brown. It's just a coincidence. Um, but I guess, I guess it does fall in line to that comparison because of what happened with Carter's own legal issues with driving too fast, racing a fellow um, teammate uh, who unfortunately ended up in an accident along with a staff member uh, on the Georgia uh, Bulldogs staff there. Uh, and they both tragically died. Um, but I've also read reports that Jalen has also had, you know, several other speeding violations and things of that nature. So he's, he's a immature, um, prospect that we're bringing in here and person. And so it is going to be critical and important for the Eagles, uh, organization, as well as the teammates and the structure of the Eagles to really help this kid along here in his early years. I would hope that just naturally players begin to mature as they get older, you know, start a family, etc. cetera. Um, but and I do get the vibes that he could be a little um, like, this is a little concerning to me. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to hold back and just say, Hey, now that he's an Eagle, I'm just going to shower him with praises. Uh, first of all, we need to see him carry over his athletic ability uh, and his potential in the NFL. All right, that's number one. And number two, I mean, not necessarily number one or number two. They kind of go along with each other. But we also want to see this kid stay out of trouble. 
and, uh, you know, take this, uh, take his job seriously. And cause we're going to need him. I mean, we're going to need him. There's no doubt when you put that much and invest that much into a draft pick, you know, you hope that the Eagles did their due diligence, what I, which I believe they did on Carter, but ultimately it comes down to the person that you're drafting. You can provide help. You can provide X, Y, and Z. But if you got a guy in here who's a bad egg, uh, and I'm not saying that he is, so I'm not trying to say that either. Uh, but I do feel that some of the concerns that a lot of other teams had that passed on him um, and that the Eagles have in doing their due diligence to kind of do some legwork on, on him as well, uh, I think there's an understanding that, you know, they're going to have to um, help this kid along, you know. And I know, I'm not saying that he necessarily needs help. He just seems to be immature. And so hopefully the Eagles have the structure. Um, and clearly they have a handful of players that he, you know, teammates of his that are on this team that know him and hopefully can uh, keep him, uh, you know, help him grow with everybody else because he's going to be a key player as we move forward. So I don't want to. I know I kind of went off on a tangent there about Carter, but I just feel that there's reason to be concerned about the kid. Um, you know, he didn't go out and, you know, rob a bank or anything, but he has certainly, um, you know, he certainly seems to be a, an immature kid. Now he's 20 years old. So a lot of people want to give him a break or an excuse for that. Now, me personally, I was 20 years old once. I didn't go speeding 100 and something miles an hour racing somebody down the road. Okay. I may have done some other stupid things. I, you know, there's something to be said about being young and somewhat reckless and making stupid decisions. Uh, you just hope that he matures and grows and and uh, and obviously focuses on his job here and becomes the dominant player that we all hope that he becomes. The second pick in the first round, as we know, uh, was Nolan Smith, another Georgia Bulldog who uh, fell. Most of the draft Knicks uh, have said that the reason why he fell was because of his size, a little bit of an undersized linebacker. Plus, you know, you had a lot of the quarterbacks and a lot of trading going on uh, in a draft, and, and he just fell a little bit. Uh, I don't think it's it's not because of his ability. Uh, the guy can rush the passer. Uh, in the NFL, some of the guys that are about his size don't make it. I mean, it's simple as that. So, um, you know, the ones that do that are his size, like his teammate, Hassan Reddick, you got to work hard and you got to be put in the right system. And a lot of the reason why Hassan Reddick, who's a former first-round pick, high pick, uh, kind of faltered in Arizona, is they played him out of position. Uh, so. You know, you got him in the right system. I think the Eagles do obviously know how to use that type of player, which is why they drafted him. And he also has a guy lining right up on the same side of the defense with him that he can emulate in Hassan Riddick. So you have to be excited about the Nolan Smith pick. Plus, he's a guy that, unlike Carter, when you have, you know, concerns about his maturity and, you know, uh, stuff like that. Nolan Smith is the exact opposite. He is a leader. 
He is um, he's kind of like Nicobe Dean. He was a leader on that defense in terms of, you know, being a guy that um, was outspoken and made sure that, you know, he uh, uh, certainly was the guy that got in any trouble like Carter. Um, and he just comes across as a very intelligent and smart, uh, smart player. So uh, I think that'll, again, along with the Kobe Dean and some of the others, uh, I think it's, uh, it, it, you know, it, it presents a nice atmosphere for, uh, growth and for Carter to come into this organization and be successful. I think if Carter was drafted by some other teams, that may not necessarily be the case. And again, I'm not just saying it because I'm an Eagle fan. I mean, I, I just really feel that one of the Eagles' strengths is their leadership and some of the players on this team. It's just, it's just a fact, really. Um, all right, so let's move on now because some of the the rest of the draft we haven't talked about yet on the podcast. And so the third pick, and this one was kind of interesting to me, um, what the Eagles did here in the uh, with the third round pick. Uh, first of all, what they did in the third round is they ended up with back-to-back picks. And um, I figured exactly now how they – I thought they wrote it down. But uh, now I'm not able to find it. Uh, but they ended up, uh, they had the 65th pick. And then they traded with the Texans, I believe, to get the 66th pick as well. So they ended up drafting back-to-back um, in the third round with picks this number 65 and 66. With the 65th pick, the... Um, the Eagles took offensive tackle from Alabama, Tyler Steen. Steen's a guy, as as I've looked at a little bit of his tape, um, he seems to be a pretty raw player. Uh, he actually was a former defensive end, um, and they ended up turning him, you know, making him an offensive tackle. And he comes from a great program, obviously Alabama. We all know, you know, what the stature of that program is. Um, I, I, when I initially, when they initially drafted him, a lot of what I was hearing was kind of negative feedback. Like they reached for him and, you know, they, uh, you know, he was not powerful at the point of attack and he was pushed around a lot. That's not what I've seen on tape. Now I'm always, I mean, I haven't done a full, you know, look at his entire career. I haven't gone really in depth about him, but from the tape that I've seen, I don't see him getting pushed around all that much. And he's going against in Alabama, of course, you're going against you know the best pass rushers in the country in the SEC. So these, you always got that working for you. Um, you know, it's not a guy that is that has this type of pedigree that's coming from a you know, I don't know, a Pac-10 or the West Coast or you know something like that where you know he wasn't necessarily tested as much. Um, He's a big guy. Uh, I think he's still learning a position. And, of course, he's going to go to Stoughton University. You know, we have the best offensive line coach in the NFL. I mean, that's that's understood. And for me, you know that Stoughton has the Eagles' ear as far as whoever they draft on the offensive line. And so in Stoughton, I trust. So I feel that Stoughton, if he sees something in this kid, to the point where the Eagles decided to go ahead and draft him, you know, Stoughton's all over it. 
and I'm okay with that. So I don't, again, I didn't know a lot about him. I've done a little bit of research on him since. I see some impressive things about this guy. Uh, they could also maybe potentially, he's got the flexibility to, to make him a guard. So we know that we got an open guard slot on the right side. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes, uh, you know, forward with this guy. And so, we, you know, it's a great, it's, it's a good positional pick. Of course, you know, the Eagles going to draft on the line. First three picks were all on the line. Um, so it makes a lot of sense for the Eagles to have drafted uh, Mr. Steen out of Alabama. So then again, again, with the 66 pick back to back, like I said, this is my favorite pick by the Eagles by Howie in the entire draft. If there's one guy, even more, it makes me more exciting than even Carter and Smith, who I love those first two picks. Love them. We need to get younger on defense. Absolutely. So I was full board. Loved the first two picks. Loved them. So this says a lot. Because it's not like I was just, ah, you know, that's a cool pick with number one. Yeah, it's a decent pick. Whatever. No, I was very excited about the first and second picks. Sidney Brown at Illinois, the safety. I have a feeling. And I'm even going to make a prediction here. On May 2nd. Before I even see this guy practice with the Eagles. I have a feeling that he might be a starter day one in this defense. Now, the other guys might might as well. Carter certainly is going to be, so it's not much of a reach to say Carter. I think he's at least minimally going to be a rotation guy starting. Um, but, and Smith too, I'm sure is going to get a decent amount of playing time. But once you get past the first and second round to be a day one starter, you know, is quite an accomplishment. And I feel that Sidney Brown has a good shot here of being our our starter on uh, an opening day, opening game. Why do I say that? Well, number one, if you have not put on any tape, if you have not punched up YouTube and, and checked this guy's game out, and the player and person himself, because I've, I've watched some interviews with him, uh, and I've watched his play in the field. Uh, he was one of the higher-rated safeties in the draft, I was actually surprised he was still there in the third round. Um, he is the type of player that I feel and I guess expect even, and this is me personally, I expect him to be, and I know I threw this guy's name out there last year, and I was wrong. I was wrong about because you're white. I'll be the first one to tell you. Not that Kazir White didn't play well last year. He did. But I thought Kazir White, after watching his tape uh, in, you know, with the Chargers, and especially in college, I, I know I didn't see it much in, on the Chargers last year, which is probably should have been more of a, um, a sign for me that he wasn't going to be like this super energetic you know, leader on defense that I was expecting to be watching some of his college tape. Um, but... You know, those of you who've been listening to this podcast probably know what I'm about to say. I got a feeling, okay, with Sidney Brown, especially with the same plays the same position. So that's another reason why maybe I just jumped the gun 
say in Kazir White, would be a Dawkins-esque type player on defense. Yes, I'm going to say it again now with Sidney Brown. And maybe I'll be right this time. I was wrong about Kazir White. Hand up in the air. Yes, I was wrong. Uh, but Sidney Brown, the safety on Illinois, to me, has all the trademarks of Brian Dawkins. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Brian Dawkins. There's a difference. I'm not saying this guy's going to come in here and be Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins is a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest all-time safeties ever to be on the field. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is the type of energy that this guy brought to the Eagles defense, the leadership, the energy, the passion, the hitting. I'm not going to say he's as hard a hitter as Dawkins either. Okay, so don't, don't get crazy out there. I'm just saying that what I see, what I potentially see with Sidney Brown is having a Dawkins-like impact on his defense. Um, being a smart player, being able to do both rush the rush the quarterback on blitzes, being able to provide coverage, being able to hit and bring the load uh, like Dawkins did. I, I think he's got that, those type of characteristics. Um, and I know I shouldn't be throwing Dawkins' name around as much as I do. And I, um, you know, I was wrong last year to do it with Kazir White. So I'm more cautious to do it now, you know, because I, I was wrong last year. I don't want to be wrong two years in a row. I'm I'm usually right in this program. And I always credit myself when I am, you know, because I want to establish credibility on here. But I, I, I definitely, and again, it's not like White, you know, played bad last year. He was a pretty good running, uh, uh, sorry, linebacker for us. But Sidney Brown I'm the most excited about out of any of our draft picks in this draft. And um, I encourage anyone on here to go to YouTube, do some research on this kid, uh, watch some interviews with him, uh, watch about how other teammates of his talk about him at Illinois. And you can see, or you should be able to see, but make your own opinion. You know, I'm not trying to uh, persuade anyone here necessarily. I'm just, hey, this is my show. I'm going to give you my opinions, what I do. I'm, a, I'm an Eagles fan, and I'm going to share what I, my thoughts are. And uh, I think Sidney Brown has got a shot here to be a, a true leader at the safety position on defense, and uh, I think he will be a Eagles fan favorite, much like Dawkins was with the qualifier out there that I'm not saying to say this guy's going to be as good of a player as Brian Dawkins. I am not saying that. I'm just saying that he is going to be a Dawkins-like safety on our team that we haven't had since, really, Malcolm Jenkins. Um, so, with that being said, I'm excited about Sidney Brown. I love the pick, and I, I can't wait to start seeing this guy in the field. Um, moving on, the Eagles then... Um, they wouldn't have had to pick for a long time because after their back-to-back -back picks in the third round, they would have to wait to the end of the fourth round um, to make their next selection. And they ended up trading a third-round pick next year to move up. It was a trade with the Texans to move up and uh, and take another guy. Now, here's the thing. I thought that the Eagles might take, with their third pick, I was hoping they were looking at 
uh, Kylie Ringo out of Georgia. Um, he was still there. A lot of people had this guy as a late first round, second round pick. And he was still there in the fourth round. And I was hoping they would maybe look at him. Again, I didn't know much about Sidney Brown at that time. Uh, so I'm loving that Sidney Brown pick as I just went over. But certainly in the fourth round, I thought there was no chance of them getting him because they 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 had no more picks. They were out of picks really until um, – I don't even think they had a fourth round pick. Uh, I don't believe they did actually. So they would have they would have had to wait to their sixth round when they picked again after they made those back to back picks. So there's no way that he was going to be there then. So again, they traded their 2024 uh, third round pick next year to move up and get uh, the 105th pick overall in the fourth round. Uh, Kylie Ringo out of you guessed it. Georgia. And here's a guy that I think it, it's a great pick, and I'm very happy with this one as well. Obviously, like I said, I was looking at him at the third round. Um, here's a guy that has size. He's like 6'2". He's like 200 pounds, or right around there. Uh, if he, he's, I love the pick because the Eagles obviously need depth at both corner and safety. Uh, and he could be either one. Like this guy, to me, potentially is a future safety with his size. And he may start off as a corner. He runs like a four, three, six or something. He's very fast. Um, they say some of his, you know, uh, hip turns and hip movement, things of that nature. He's not as much of a quick enough, uh, uh, player necessarily to cover corner, um, He's not shifty enough for some scouts, I guess is one reason why he fell. But he's got good straight line speed. He's got good uh, ball hawking skills. He's, he's really good at point of attack at the ball. Uh, there's a lot to like about him. There's some players, some uh, scouts who didn't like him. They think he was overrated. He's only 20 years old, or I think he's only 20 years old also. Very young player. And, uh, you know, he can, he can, he, you know, he's going to be in a situation where he's not going to be in a rush to start, right? We have Bradbury and Slay here. He can sit back and absorb watching Slay and Bradbury do their job. They can mentor him. And I think he's got the ability to potentially be a starting cornerback uh, on this team um, with a fourth round pick, which would be great. And then again, like I said, he's got the size where if one day, uh, the Eagles' evaluation is that he's, you know, not quite the corner that they're hoping for potentially. Um, that they can potentially make him a uh, make him a safety. So I love the pick. Um, it was a guy that was sitting there. Eagles. I wanted the Eagles to get draft a corner in this draft. If you w- listen to any of my pre uh, strategy podcasts, uh, you can go back a few episodes and you'll, you'll hear some of that discussion. I knew the Eagles or I wanted the Eagles to draft a cornerback in this draft. And so, uh, so they did. And uh, so welcome another Georgia bulldog to the Eagles. And then in the sixth round, the Eagles made another trade. They traded how he just was wheeling and dealing, man. Uh, he made another trade with the Texans. He swapped two seventh round picks to get the uh, Texans sixth round pick. This is probably the only pick in the draft where I was kind of like, I, I did, I'm not surprised at all. And some Eagle fans were even surprised that the Eagles drafted a quarterback. I'm definitely not surprised. I actually expected the Eagles to draft a quarterback at some point 
in this draft. It's just what they do. They 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 do it all the time, as we know, uh, to try to just you know uh, find quarterbacks at any point in the draft, as we know, going as high as the second round with with uh, with Hertz, as we know. Um, but the the guy that they drafted, the type of quarterback they drafted, to me is a little strange. Like it just doesn't seem to be quite the fit that the Eagles typically draft in quarterbacks. So um, anyway, they they drafted with 188th pick overall, Tanner McKee, the quarterback out of Stanford. Um, first of all, anything any quarterback out of Stanford, you know, is smart. Uh, you go to Stanford, it's um, you know one of the prestigious schools in the country, uh, academically wise. So at least, you know, he's got, uh, he's bringing with him some, some smarts, uh, but whether or not he's a quarterback, uh, in the NFL or can play in the league, it remains to be seen. Uh, he's a big guy. He's like six, six, uh, but he has an awkward throwing motion. He almost throws sidearm. Um, uh, didn't really put up prolific stats, uh, in the, uh, at Stanford. So it's an interesting pick. Um, you know, Eagles obviously found something they like in him in order to move up to grab him. I was kind of thinking that we had this conversation with uh, with Johnny um, when uh, the commander fan that we were analyzing and talking about the draft is, you know, the guy at UCLA, which was more of like a Jalen Hurts type of player. This guy is not that at all. He's not a scrambler. He's a big guy, 6'6", kind of a stoic quarterback. Uh, with a little bit of maneuverability. It's not like he's e-mobile back there, but uh, it's just an odd pick to me. That's the only one out of all of the Eagles draft picks that I'm kind of like, well, it's scratching my head a little bit. Not the fact that they drafted a quarterback, though. It's just the type guy that brought it here. But we'll see. I mean, obviously, I don't know much about him at all to really make much of a judgment other than just what I told you, just a gut feeling um, without watching much tape on the guy at all. I plan on looking at him a little bit closer uh, as we get, as we move forward. Uh, and then the, uh, then the Eagles in the seventh round uh, took a guy that's intriguing. I'll use that word. Uh, Moro Ojoma, uh, defensive tackle out of Texas, who a lot of uh, draft analysts, guys that again, follow the draft and, and college ball a lot more than I do, because I don't know anything about this guy. Uh, but a lot of people thought that he was a top 100 player. Uh, and the Eagles got him in the seventh round. So I don't know why he fell. I have no idea. But the fact that I just have heard that he was kind of like a steal in the, for the seventh round um, makes him intriguing to me. And he played for a good program in Texas. So um, I don't know if the Eagles really have a need to take another defensive tackle. That's kind of a little bit interesting. So they must have really liked this guy because they're they got plenty of defensive tackles, including another one that they drafted in this draft. Uh, so they have a lot of depth there now, but um, should be interesting. Should be interesting to see. Uh, maybe he's got defensive end capability too. I don't know. Again, I don't really know a lot about Ajoma at all, uh, other than the fact, like I said, he was rated much higher than where the Eagles ended up taking him. So. Uh, we'll keep an eye on him going forward. We'll, I'm interested in kind of seeing uh, seeing him in action as well. So at that point, at that point, Howie has already had a phenomenal draft. Uh, but yet on the final day of the draft, Howie pulls another magic trick out of his hat. Now, I talked earlier about Detroit 
taking Riggs, the uh, running back out of Alabama, in the, with a 12th pick, which surprised a lot of teams. And it's it's still a stupid pick. Um, now, it's not as stupid as the Falcons taking a running back that early because the Falcons need a lot of help elsewhere. They need a ton of help on that team. And they took a running back, which is stupid. Detroit, they got a much more um, established team. I think Detroit's going to be one of the teams to watch next year. I said that even before uh, they picked up this this guy. And I think they probably could have better used a lot, utilized the draft if they took some you know different position here. But nevertheless, they are a pretty good team. Uh, I thought that if they got into the playoffs last year, they would have been dangerous. Um, so look out for the Lions. I mean, this team is definitely on the rise. Uh, I expect to make the playoffs next year, and I also expect them to, to win the uh, NFC Central Division um, next season. So all that said, once he was taken, um, DeAndre Swift was on the outside looking in. And leave it up to Howie to jump on the horn. I don't know where the other GMs were across the league. It's not like it's not like DeAndre Smith has been a bust player. He's been injured, yes. Granted, he has had a lot of injuries and hasn't been able to stay on the field. But when he's stayed on the field, when he's played, he's been one of the most productive running backs in the NFL. I think he's fourth. I saw a stat the other day where uh, running backs for the last three years, I believe, um, with over 50 yards receiving and 50 yards rushing in a game. How many how many games uh, over the last three years um, they kind of ranked the running backs? And number one was Eckler. Uh, number two was uh, the Saints running back, Kamara. Number three, uh, I forget who number three was. I forget off the top of my head. And then number four was DeAndre Smith, or DeAndre uh, Swift, rather. So he's top four in games with over 50 yards rushing and passing and receiving. So he's much more of a versatile running back that maybe Miles Sanders wasn't. I don't think they really threw to Sanders that much, but let's face it, outside of his rookie year, Sanders did not catch the ball as much as he did out of the outfield. Uh, outfield. Out of the, uh, out of the uh, backfield. So... Um, me, I think it's more of a scheme thing, and I also think that people are making a little bit too much out of that because I don't feel that Hertz, Hertz throws those checkdowns to the running back. It just doesn't seem to be part of Hertz's game. Maybe that'll change now with Swift here. I guess it's always possible to me. It just seems like Hertz will just say, "I'll get the first down myself" and runs the ball. So it's interesting. Maybe they're going to change that philosophy with Hertz and work on that with him, and have him throw the check down more to a guy like Swift than taking the ball and running on his own. Now that they're paying him, you know, $255 million, maybe that's what the Eagles will be communicating to Hertz. Like, listen, unless you know you can, you know, you got to get a big lane in front of you to run, just check it down to Swift. Maybe that's the, the game plan here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. To me, that would be smart. I'm kind of hoping that's the case because, you know, you don't want your quarterback hurts continuing to put himself in, in a position where he uh, when he takes unnecessary hits, right? So um, that remains to be seen. I would hope that that's part of the Eagles' reason to bring Swift in here, outside of the fact that he's a talented running back. So he's a Philly guy, as we know, or you, if you don't know, now you know. Uh, he's from the area. And, of course, 
He's another bulldog. <laughs> another Georgia player to come in uh, and uh, and be an Eagle. So the Eagles are now Georgia North, uh, folks. And so we welcome uh, any and all uh, fans from Georgia now tuning in to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Welcome to the program. And welcome to the Philadelphia Eagles, all of you. Uh, it's exciting. I mean, if you're going to draft a bunch of players from a, from a uh, from a program, why not draft them for the best university in the country uh, within the last you know several years? So uh, it's exciting. It's very exciting to have all these Bulldogs joining the Eagles. Number one, they know how to win. They know what it takes to win, and obviously they're talented. And so, and just there's something to be said about the chemistry too. You get kind of like the instant chemistry, you know, there's for these young players, especially uh, they know, they, you know, those five or six guys. Now they all know each other. So breaking in the NFL should hopefully be, especially when Carter's case, right. We talked about it earlier. Hopefully be a little bit smoother of a transition uh, than it might've been without uh, all these teammates on the team. So, Nicobe Dean, of course, is going to play a much bigger role in the defense next year. He will be our starting linebacker uh, this coming season. So that's going to be exciting to watch, too. Uh, High-end uh, Nicobe Dean, is, as hopefully you know, for those of you who don't, I also said that he was going to be the team, the defensive captain of this team. Uh, I made that prediction when they drafted him last year, and that was, and I'm still holding true to that, even though he didn't play much last year. I think Nicobe Dean has got those leadership abilities, and um, – you know, he's his undersized linebacker, which is a little bit of a concern. So I do say that with a little bit of caution. I'm not saying he's a guarantee. Because to me, he's got all those intangibles to be the defensive captain here at one point here down the road. And hopefully that happens sooner than later. Because if it does, that means that he's, you know, he's being the type of player we're all hoping he's going to be at linebacker for the Eagles. And we definitely need him because we are thin at linebacker. That's probably the only uh, position coming out of this draft that we still are thin at. Uh, the Eagles continue to sort of uh, – Ignore that position in drafts. It's just, again, much like the running back position, the Eagles don't value the linebacker position, which is why, again, and I just made a promise earlier I want to talk talk about Bajon Robinson again. But that's why, again, I knew there was no way they were taking Bajon Robinson. I knew he was not even on their radar in the first round. Um, so, and the same thing with linebackers. They just do not value linebackers. Uh, the Eagles, you know, didn't take a linebacker in this draft. Uh, at all, uh, unless you want to consider, you know, Nolan Smith, who's a linebacker, but he's really a defensive end. He's a pass rusher. He's not, you know, he's not a uh, your prototypical linebacker. Uh, so all that said in a nutshell here, all right, Howie deserves his props. So, you know, let's take a moment here and just recognize what Howie has done. I mean, he is, you know, from a guy who, you know, Eagle fans who drew the ire of Eagle fans. For a long time in his career, he has he has taken the heat, he has survived, and he has learned. The biggest part of it is how he has learned from his mistakes. Sorry about my phone going off. It's almost a guarantee. I almost made it through the show without it going off. Um, but how he has learned from his mistakes, and that's the important thing. Nobody's perfect, but if you can learn from your mistakes, not repeat them. And how he has learned not to reach in drafts. He's learned to, um, he's just become a better talent evaluator and just make smarter decisions. And he's obviously a very good 
negotiator. Uh, and he's very aggressive. I mean, these are good traits that you want. The other thing is, you could tell that post-game sort of end of the season, end of the year press conference after the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, that was a different Howie up there. I mean, he, he, he wore it on his face. He wore that loss on his face. He was a different person up there that, you know, he's usually kind of the bubbly, you know, joking around. He's always kidding around type of personality. You could tell how he took that loss to heart and he has said so since, uh, but he wore it on his face. You know, you could always say things, but you could see it. Any of you who have not seen that uh, end of the season press conference with Howie after the Super Bowl, it was like a day after the Super Bowl or a day or two after the Super Bowl, whatever it was, uh, go back and look at Howie. He was a different. He was in a different frame of mind. You could tell that loss uh, hurt him as much as it did us. And you love to see that in your general manager um, and the guy that's uh, you know driving the driving the ship is how he is. So uh, I mean, the guy's done a complete one eighty, a total one eighty as far as the perception of Eagle fans and the confidence and faith that we have and trust that we have in Howie. So. Uh, he deserves major, major props for uh, resurrecting himself here in Philadelphia. I mean, he is just almost beloved now in Philly. And it's because of the work that he's done. And it's because that he's learned from his mistakes. And he is driven. Uh, and that's what you want. You want to have those characteristics in your general manager. Um, and how he has has now proven that he is that type of GM. And like I said, there are teams just befuddled in this draft as to all these things that Howie was able to accomplish, all this talent that he was able to bring in for a team that's coming off a Super Bowl loss. There's a lot of talent here already. And also, I touched on a little bit, all of the moves that Howie was able to make in retaining some of the talent that could have very easily left. Uh, we did lose, you know, some big names, Hargrave, both of our linebackers, White and Edwards are gone, and we lost CJ, but he still, you know, we retained Fletcher Cox, retained Brandon Graham, you know, we retained Bradbury, who a lot of, we thought we were going to lose him. Um, and, Obviously, we've got the Hertz contract now past us, so that's all taken care of. We have some cap space, so how we can still make some more moves. And if you know, here's here's we picked up White member last year, very late in the uh, right before training camp, practically because your White came in. Same thing with the safety CJ. They got him even later than that. So there's still moves to be made. The Eagles do have some cap flexibility. They can probably still pull off another move or so. Uh, you know how he's going to be looking at that linebacker position because this is when he does. This is what he does. He waits till either players are cut or there's somebody out there and has he remains unsigned, and that's when Howie comes in and puts him on a you know one year prove it deal that type of thing. Um, that's that definitely is how how he is running the linebacker position. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what he does to kind of fortify the linebacker position. Still needs some work there. It's a little thin. Yeah, but otherwise, you know, this team looks like it's going to be ready to rock and roll. Now, unfortunately, comes the long wait. And I know there's those the camp that's about to open up with the rookies and all that. Really not a heck of a lot happens there. You get some interviews, but 
they don't touch, they don't, you know, they don't hit each other. Uh, it's just kind of like a schematic, um, you know, they get their playbooks and whatnot, but uh, really there's not much excitement now until we get to uh, late July, early August. So we got a long wait between now and then, but Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff will be here to take you through. So make sure, like you, like I said, that you uh, hit that follow, hit that uh, subscribe, whatever it might be on whatever platform you're listening to, so you don't miss any future content going forward. All right, with that being said, as always, thank you for listening. You are as important to this program, you, talking to you, the listener, as anything else that's going on with this program. And I really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, and following this program. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to be excited for as we head into the season. Howie has the scene locked and loaded. The Eagles should be damn good at heading into the season. And we'll be here along the way. So I'll be the talk with Jeff. Take care. We'll talk to you next time. Until then, fly Eagles fly. Take care, everyone. See you later.